Welcome to the Safe Haven Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. The Safe Haven Podcast is a space for you to be real, raw, emotional, vulnerable, hilarious, and are completely carefree. This podcast offers a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life, and a judgment-free zone. Join me and my powerful guests as we dive into a variety of conversations and topics. Listen from where you are, as you are. Think, laugh, and cry along with us, whether you're in your car, in your kitchen, chasing your kids, running your business, caregiving for someone you love, getting a mani-pedi while you're in the hospital, a treatment center, sitting on the deck, on the dock, or out for a run. These weekly stories and messages will hit you right in the heart, fill up your cup, and recharge your spirits. Joining me today, I have lured her into my hotel room, (laughs) is my friend Sammy Jackson, and we are in Calgary. Thank you for being with me, girlfriend. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm pretty happy you're here. Thank you for taking my invite and joining me. No problem. It worked out well, didn't it? Yeah, I I forget how awesome it is to see you every time. And Okay, I was going to start with how we met. We will get there, but do you not feel like when we hang out, and we've really only physically been together, what, five times in our life? If that, even. Yeah, I know. I think like three? I guess I... Uh, Maybe four. Yeah, let's say we're going to go with four. We'll av- okay. average. Because, <laughs> but, I, but when I see you, I feel like I just saw you yesterday. Mm-hmm. We just pick up where we left yeah. off. It's a really special connection. Even I feel like when we first met, it was like, it was like we'd already known each other. Soul sisters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was... I like it don't it never felt like I was talking to a stranger. you know when you like first talk to somebody yes. it's kind of like that like slow break the ice and then mm-hmm. you get into all the other stuff I yeah. don't even remember that being a thing with you no at all so we're definitely yeah. gonna dive into that story after okay. you start to paint a picture for our guest Sammy Jackson we are in Calgary have you always been in Calgary where was life growing up what are the family dynamics hobbies let's just paint a picture of who you are okay uh this is, I just feel like I'm going to put this out there because it was always funny growing up. Um, so my middle name is Lauren. So my name's Samuel Jackson and oh. everybody <laughs> thinks that's hilarious. So that is good. <laughs> I remember being in bars when I was like a teenager and people would be like, they would know they, first they'd like see my driver's license, my ID or whatever. And they'd be like, wait, is your middle initial actually L dude? It's Samuel Jackson. And they would like go, it was hilarious. <laughs> anyway, that is good. Um, I grew up on high river actually. So it's like 30 minutes south of Calgary um really small I remember when the first traffic lights went in there um but now it's like way bigger Mm -hmm. um and my parents actually divorced when I was like six I think and then my they both basically remarried when I was like eight or nine um so I have like two stepbrothers and one half sister and then a full brother and a full sister as well um so there's a bunch of us so love big families and I don't know played soccer growing up Loved it, played it until I screwed up my knee in my early 20s. Um, I don't remember what else you wanted me to No, it's totally fine. I, I was even going to jump into the hobbies thing because you basically took your athletic interest into personal training. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what, what actually, did you have to do some training to get the personal fitness training or how did you navigate that? How did I? Well, actually... To make a long story, I bartended for years and everyone did the whole, when are you going to get a real job thing? Oh. And so then I worked at an insurance company and like, was like office jobs, not for me. Mm-hmm. And just like literally took a uh, personal day and just started Googling 
ideas and personal trainer came up. And so I texted a girlfriend that was one and she took a weekend course and I took the weekend course. Um, but after I started like a week after I started, I was when I injured my knee. Actually, sorry, it was a month after I started. I injured my knee and I just fell into the rehab. So I started taking more and more rehab courses. And then that's kind of how I kept going with it. Because just the weekend course is enough for you to like be legal. Mm-hmm. It's not like enough to like be a good trainer. If that makes sense. That would certainly take so. additional trainings and yeah. more practice and a client base that grows. And yeah. was So how long did you do that? Training? Five years. Mm-hmm. Five years. All in the same yeah. space? Yeah. And did you branch off and do privately as well, or was it specifically there? No, it was specifically there because I was with uh, a company. And so I had, it was like you were just tied into them. If mm-hmm. you did it outside of there, you could get in trouble. So, which is fine. You were hired by them. It's not like I was like renting out their space. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was good. Were you personal training into the trip that took you to where you met me? Yes, I was. Okay. Yeah. When I first started there, I said, I travel, I will travel. And if you don't let me travel, I will quit. I said, I will work hard when I'm here, but I will quit if you don't let me travel. And they were like, okay, give us notice and you can travel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was. Okay. So fast forward. We met in 2014. Mm-hmm. Yes. The middle of it. July, August ish. July, June, May. I don't know. July. 20. Yes. Because I had ended a job in the way that the super awesome school year works yeah, in Australia, which I love, yeah. gives you, so their summer is our winter. And so they have, I think it's like, depending on the school board or the district or whatever, they generally have between six and eight weeks off in the, in our winter, their summer, which is January, December over Christmas into January. Then they go 10 weeks, have two weeks off, 10 weeks, two weeks off, 10 weeks, and then it's back. So what a nice way to break up the terms. Mm-hmm. But I had actually worked the first six months of the year and then for a variety of different reasons had terminated that position by choice, big time choice, probably one of the best decisions I've made, and then started taking a YOLO solo road trip yeah. around Australia. Yeah. So. So I think that was my second year working there. Like I started in November. Uh-huh. 2013. Not even. No, that was my first year there. I started in November of 2013 mm-hmm. and I left that summer. Mm-hmm. So what took or you to Australia it was the in the year first later. place? I'd always wanted to go. Yeah. It was a dream destination for me. Yeah. Going to Ayers Rock oh. was it, like, I, like, this is so lame, but like the rescuers that, <laughs> that movie, <laughs> I think seeing it in that was like, I need to go there one day. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but I think that's where it came from. And I just, yeah, it was like my, one of my biggest places to go to. Did you go so. there on a one-way ticket? Uh, yeah, I didn't have a home ticket. I knew I was only staying for a month, but I didn't have a plan as to exactly what that month meant or where I'd be leaving from or anything like that. Oh, wait a second. Okay, so what was November? November was when I started at the at the gym. gym. Yeah, it. I was going to say, so no. I feel even more lucky now because I, for some reason, thought that you were in Australia for a, quite a bit longer no, than that. just a month. So now I feel even more special that we met. Yeah, Okay, so how did you end up then smack dab in the middle of Australia? Where did you start? Where did you land? Did you take buses, planes, trains, automobiles? I started in Perth Mm -hmm. because I had met people when I was in Europe previously from Perth. Mm -hmm. So I went there to see them and then stayed there for like a handful of days Mm -hmm. and then flew over to Sydney. And my first, I think I was only in Sydney for like two days and then came out to Ayers Rock. Okay. And you, so you flew there then? Yeah, I flew. Yeah. And then after that, and then I flew back to Sydney and then I bust up the coast after that. It's an incredible country, eh? So good. And I didn't even see enough of it. Like, oh. Girl, I was there for over two years and I didn't see enough of it. I bet. Yeah. Well, when I was on my solo 
road trip all the way up the center of Australia. Same thing for me. Ayers Rock, Uluru was always one of those things. It was on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. I felt so good checking that off. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting there and because a lot of the traveling that I've done in the past has been by myself and I'm pretty outgoing I'm an introvert extrovert I know what (laughs) you're an extrovert what What? I know (laughs) pretty outgoing and um but then I also like my alone time and that's why I found that these solo road trips were so Mm -hmm. nice because I could binge music podcasts whatever audiobooks I was listening to and then be social by choice yeah it's I think that solo travel is so important yeah I'm the same way though people like oh you're an extrovert I'm like no I'm friendly but I love people but I, I love my chill time. Yes. I, that's my recharge time is mm-hmm. my alone time. hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think understanding how people reset really helps direct them towards whether or not, in fact, they are an extrovert or are an introvert and how mm-hmm. to best care for themselves. Totally. Yeah. When, so I had arrived, you had arrived and we hadn't, in fact, we'd looked at it, but we hadn't actually planned the walk around it. And that's what I love the most is that I'd kind of had it on my bucket list as well to walk around the perimeter of it, walk around the base of Ayers yeah. Rock. Yeah. And what I had actually said, I think I typed up something about how excited I was about having you as a guest on the podcast and about how we'd met and how I still have red dust <laughs> in my, my Nike freeze. From Ayers Rock. I kid you not. They're I, in the back of my car right now. I just threw out the shoes that I used to walk around those because I could you? not get the red dust off. And they were like, I had worn them all over Europe and yep. all over Australia. So they were fully destroyed. <laughs> and uh, they were pretty cheap shoes. And so I just threw them out this past summer. I feel, I know. I think it, I might have a, to shed a tear when I get rid of those shoes. They've been, all, they've been through some crazy bad, hey? yeah, adventures with me. And so what I said in the post actually about you or whatever, I don't even remember where I wrote this. It might have even just been in a journal or something. But when I'd written down about how when you're traveling and, and by yourself, right, you have that choice as to who who you're going to be, how you're going to present yourself. Are you going to be quiet? Are you going to be outgoing? Do you want to choose to go and eat at the cafeteria spot? Do you want to sit by yourself? Do you want to go for dinner by yourself? Or yeah. listen to other people that are at the hostel that you're staying at. What are their plans? And that night for around the bedtime, I had gone to the room and climbed up on my top bunk and as a North American traveler traveling the world, and especially at hostels, you hear so many different accents, yep. but you can immediately pick out a North American accent and your ears perk up, right? And I immediately did that with you. And I thought, okay, so I, I heard her say something or you were asking for a phone charger or however it started. From, I don't even remember. Yeah, but it was your accent. I was like, oh, I know that one. <laughs> she sounds like me. <laughs> and and then we started talking and we were opposite top bunks. Yeah. And the lady below had to tell us to shush at like midnight. (laughs) We were talking so much. Yeah. But that instant connection. And then, you know, we discussed that we were both hoping at some point to go and walk around the base. And how do you feel about doing that at sunrise? Yep. Sounds great. Let's do it. It was actually even you after we were talking at some point, you're like, what are you doing tomorrow morning? And I was like, I don't know. I fly out at two or whatever. And I said, and you said, I'm going to go walk the base of Uluru. Do you want to do that? And that, that day, my day that day, I had literally taken the sunrise bus to Uluru and I stayed out there till the sunset bus. And I was hiking it the whole day that day I met you. I'd walked something like, I did the math. Did it was you, something like, you already walked around it? I met, I, something uh, I walked like 30 kilometers the day I met you. That is insane. And then you were like, do you want to go walk tomorrow morning? And I remember I had this huge blister on the back of my heel and I was like, I don't know, maybe, but then we just connected so well. I was like, how could I not go spend one more morning? Like my blister will be fine. And that's why I came because well, we connected so well. Bless you lady, because <laughs> I, that was one of the best mornings. It was so good. I'm so yes. glad I went. 
And isn't it incredible how the color of that rock changes? Oh, so cool. Well, that's because it was like 80 bucks to go out there for the sunrise and then they'd pick you home, pick you up and bring you back. And then you could go back out for the sun- sunset, but you had to pay 80 bucks again. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'll just no. walk all day. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so funny. I don't even remember that aspect of the story. Yeah. I just remember that it was a, a shared interest in walking that and it worked out. It couldn't have been better. Yeah. I was like, I could walk it again. Sure. Yeah. And it's over just over. It's like 10.1 around the base. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Because I think I walked, because I made, I did it first thing in the morning because I wanted to get out before anybody else was, like, really out there. I, like, mm-hmm. sped walk it. And then I, like, think it came back and had a snack. And then I did it again. And then I did it, I took a, came back and had a snack. And then I did it, like, really slowly, like, walked really slow mm-hmm. and then came back. And then the next morning I did it with you and we, like, it was pretty decent pace. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty great. Well, I'm very grateful to have shared that with you. That's for sure. You know what I remember about our interaction? I don't remember what we talked about on Top Bunks, but I remember you saying, this is, li- I swear this is word for word what happened. You said. <laughs> Do you read? And I said, yes. It sounds like that is such an Amanda question. (laughs) I said, yes. And you said, "Um, have you read Gone Girl? And I said, no. And you said, okay. I was reading it. And then I turned the page and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) And you're like, you have to read it. I was like, okay. And literally when I got back to Sydney, I went to a bookstore and I got it and I read it. And I was like, she was right. Because you turn that page in the middle of the book, right? Yeah. And it, the plot line changes. Yeah. And I remember wanting to throw that book across the room. Like, what am I reading? Yeah. So for anyone yeah. listening, if you have not read Gone Girl, go get it. Yeah. It's better than the movie. Oh, But like better. the movie spoils the book. Like the, the plot line of the book, if that makes sense. Agreed. Because like once you know that there's that switch. Yeah. Then the book's not the same. But anyways. So hopefully they have That's what I remember about our midnight talk. <laughs> that's very accurate that that very much sounds like me yeah well yeah. fast forward things have changed a lot a ton yeah you are now a mom yeah you have two babies i do okay well we're gonna we're gonna come to the whole full circle of you having your babies bring us there you get home after your trip you've landed you are officially back on canadian soil what does life look like and where do things take you to where you're at now um well I came back mm-hmm. and uh I knew that I had to have a big trip before I ever like quote unquote settled down I don't like that term and I'm, I'm committed to redefining it and so when we came back and I came back to AJ and I who had been together we'd already been together for four or five years by the time I took that trip we came back and man what happened we had kind of had like a we had a rough patch when he came, when I came back even though he had just traveled with me and then mm-hmm. we sorted things out we ended up, I think it was that winter we bought the house we're in now mm-hmm. and then which was to initially get into real estate which is a whole other story but um bought that house and got engaged the following I was working as a personal trainer again got engaged the following winter and then got married the winter after that and I was like we got married in February and I was pregnant in April I think Ooh. and yeah I don't know I don't yeah. know what else to add well there. things have change actually i would i would love 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 to ask you because i know what the answer is but then we can share a little bit on your rough patch had to do with communication i just wanted to talk about the importance of communication and why did the rough patch exist and what were your strategies to get through that because communication is massive yeah the rough patch was um we actually kind of had two of them if i back up we had one before i went on the trip and one when i got back one moment before on the the trip because I had always my whole goal in life when people like what do you want to do I was like I want to travel I want to have babies and I want to have an amazing relationship 
that was all that mattered to me. I didn't care about what I did, how I earned money. I didn't care about anything else. That's all that mattered to me my whole life. And um, from when I was like 12, I think. And um, we had bought a house, our house in Okotoks, because AJ didn't want to rent ever. So we'd been together for a while, decided we should move in, bought a house. It was great. And I realized that we were on this path. And I was like, if we, if this is our life, if this is the job I work and this is the job he works and this is like the house we're in now and we stay on this path, like one day we'll get married, one day we'll have babies and we'll have a bigger house with an extra bedroom and extra bathroom and that's it. And I was like, I'm not okay with this. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what I want. I want to travel. I want to have freedom. I want to, I don't want my life to be dictated for me around all this. And so I panicked. I had told him those things, but like before we hadn't actually communicated it now. And I immediately panicked and decided the first thing that had to change was I needed a new relationship. So I actually, we broke up for like two weeks and then realized like that's not the right answer. Um, but we had already decided to put our house on the market and sell it. And so we did. So we ended up, ha- we, I, we had a conversation where I expressed my needs, mm-hmm. but he hadn't expressed his. So I had never communicated that I was that I needed this trip. Like He didn't know how important travel was to me. He just knew I wanted to travel. So I had to express how important this travel was um, and the things that I wanted and like the different things that needed to change in our relationship, which was not big. Like he was an amazing human being from the start. He, it's not like he had these like bad habits or anything. It was just um, like a simple communication of changing your phrasing. Like I remember one time standing across the island from him and I said, you never do anything. And he looks and he goes, you're absolutely right. I never do anything. And that was our tone. We weren't angry. We weren't like snapping or yelling. And I was like, okay, you're right. It's not that you never do anything. Like these are the things I would appreciate help with. Mm -hmm. And so it was just learning that communication instead of just, um, anyways, so we sold our house and the money from the house is what we went on this trip with. So I took my portion, went on this big trip and he took his portion, actually bought the place we're in now. Um, so when I came back from the trip, so the first time I had communicated my problems, but he hadn't communicated his. So when I came back from the trip, it was actually him and he, he broke up with me because he was like, I don't know if this is what I want because he just panicked. I can't remember. It was so long ago now. I can't remember what actually happened, but it was actually that he was miserable at his job and didn't connect it. And, uh, so then he told me the things that he wanted finally. And once we had both gotten our stuff on the table, we had a conversation and we're like, Hey, we're not married and that's not the case. But like, if we get back together, like this is it. There's outside of like, these are the non-negotiables. We are back together a hundred percent and anything will work. And it's just been like solid communication, like agreeing to always tell each other when things upset and the conversation changing to like, you did this to, um, you know, this happened and I'm positive you didn't mean it this way, but this is how it made me feel. And, um, maybe next time we could do it this way and having conversations that way. And so it was literally like just neither one of us actually, we just had fun together we never actually like told each other the important things. And then finally we both committed to actually telling each other the important things. We had that to go through twice. I <laughs> admire that. And I have so much respect for that because I have seen so many, so many relationships, not just intimate ones fail based on a lack of proper, really totally. effective communication. Right. Yeah. And I think even we talked earlier pre-recording about how the importance of honoring those emotions and being able, so you said, you know, that AJ stopped the relationship because after he found out he was actually miserable in his job, that that was his go-to mm-hmm. as opposed to stopping, pausing, reflecting, digging deep, 
acknowledging and bringing an awareness to what emotions am I actually experiencing and then diving into those. Why am I experiencing this emotions? Where does that actually stem from? That is gigantic. And that is freaking hard to do. Yeah. It, well, it took both of us to do it, right? Like oh, I yeah. did it too because I panicked because the lifestyle, but it wasn't him that was the problem. It was like that we weren't working towards specific goals. Right. Exactly. And he did the same thing, right? It wasn't that I was the problem. It was that he was unhappy in work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Mega. And great, great point that you've even brought that up. The, the emotional, uh, and we talked even that about the emotional regulation when you're talking about separating yourselves from the emotions that you're experiencing so it's I'm not happy I feel happier I'm yeah. not feeling happy I'm not experiencing happiness I am sad no you're not you're experiencing sadness yeah you feel sad that's the emotion that you're experiencing yeah. right now but you are not sad you're you yeah yeah and I feel like that's the biggest thing we all miss out is like when even if you acknowledge that you're sad it's like where is that sadness coming from exactly you know what I mean we just yes. say I'm sad like I'm at home with my house husband and I'm sad. So therefore my husband makes me sad. Well, no, it's maybe it's not, maybe it is him, but maybe it's not him. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, maybe you've had this, maybe it's work that's actually making you miserable and you're taking it home and you can't let it out at work. So you let it out at home. And so mm-hmm. you assume that it's home. Oh yeah. But it's, yeah, you have to reflect on what actually puts you in that situation mm-hmm. and fix that, not fix the situation you're currently in. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. Okay, so now we can fast forward to the fact that everything has clearly worked out so well that oh, you've got amazing. two gorgeous children. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I honestly, I'll talk about it now, but honestly, when people are like, how are you and AJ? I'm like, we're, I always just say like, we're so good. And I leave it at that because I don't want to sound like I'm bragging. Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful but thing though. I know, and I know that, but like, cause you know, people, ha- and I don't, this is no- like normal. They have their, well, what, what irks you? What tweaks you? What makes you angry? And you know what? We actually had a conversation with, um, some of our like biggest mentors the other day and they asked me they're like okay well what does AJ do that drives you crazy and I'm like I don't I'm not saying he never does things but I don't have a consistent thing because if it happens it's communicated and it's not a thing and um they're like well AJ what makes you angry and he's like I don't know and I'm like they're like Sammy what makes him angry I'm like I've literally never seen him angry in like almost 11 years I've never seen him mad and it's just because we both learned to take that time and like actually communicate and so it like I have it's yeah he's an, he's an amazing dad he's an amazing husband he's awesome yeah <laughs> make and him listen to this yeah <laughs> a- dear AJ you are great <laughs> <laughs> oh girl that makes me so happy for you yeah. you deserve that exactly. I think everyone deserves that 100%. But, w- but when you see it and you hear about the effectiveness of proper communication and hold space like I said when you practice what you preach it can be hard right when someone yeah. asks you how you're doing you might be having the shittiest day but generally your answer is going to be oh I'm great how are you yeah. or you spin it right you automatically just chuck it back how are you doing let's put it on you and often uh, a, a conversation even if it is just a surface level conversation won't get much deeper than that because there is that lack of vulnerability to communicate yeah. how you actually are yeah and in a safe space whether it's with a best friend or your partner or a family member or a a trusted health professional, you should be able to communicate how you are feeling. Yeah. But it takes work and trust and patience and introspection. And I mean, here's me. I am certainly not perfect with it, but that has been one of my personal goals, personal practices to 
get better and only continue getting better and continue holding space for people to communicate. And I'm happy to be a go-to for people to even practice communicating their vulnerability. Yeah, totally. Me too. But I think we, I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, you say your relationship's great and they just assume that you're hiding the problems. That's true. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot, I think I I just, I don't think people, this is something that like it gives a big heart piece for me is I think, I don't think people, enough people see the actual examples of good relationships to believe Mm -hmm. that they're real. Right. And so you just assume that people are actually having the fights that you're having behind closed doors and just not telling you about them. Mm -hmm. And that not that fighting is bad. It's fine. It's just how are you handling that situation? And I I just don't think that people actually know that you can have good a relationship that's good and anybody can. It's just you have to figure out how. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. We had a conversation actually a couple weeks ago with a friend who had come over and, and made a comment like, oh, but it looks so easy for some people. It just looks like their relationship is so easy. And what the takeaway was for me is that, yeah, some relationships might be easier than others, mm-hmm. but all two people are different and totally. all two unions are going to be different. They're going to have their own individual differences. And it's working through those that make the relationship what it is, but also I really honor talking to your partner first. So if something is bothering you about your partner, talk to them about it first. Yeah. Practice holding space for one another to get out your emotions and everyone experiences them differently, right? So, you know, even Brene Brown, like you said, when she talks about how a specific situation can happen and your first reaction might be anger and another person's first reaction might be sadness or to cower or to feel frustrated or embarrassed. Yeah. We all react differently. But if you actively work on knowing your partner and what makes them tick and how you can best support them and understand yourself well enough to know that if they aren't meeting your needs to communicate how they can help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's gigantic. But always, I don't know. I, I think always communicate with your person first. And if it's not being fixed there, then you can go externally, but yeah, so much can be fixed yeah. by just being vulnerable enough to be like, this isn't working and this is why. Yeah. And your outreach to talk to someone should be to figure out how to communicate it better to your spouse, yes. not as your outlet outlet. Yes. Yeah. Totally. How has communication, honoring emotions, effectively communicating how you're feeling transferred from your personal practices, your personal lessons, life experiences into being a mom? Um, I think it's, changed a lot actually because growing up we were talking about this earlier my I was very much like um get over it you're not you're not bleeding you're not broken get over it same here kind of thing yeah Yeah. and I I that's totally how my mindset was until I started a until I started realizing like reading more about child development and like how important it is and also um looking at a child and you look at a two-year-old and people you know they talk about the terrible twos and it's no wonder they're terrible. You know, this kid is now, you've taught them that they can do all of these things themselves, but you're not letting them do all these things themselves. So, you know, they don't get to pick out their own clothes. They don't get to decide their own bedtime. They don't get to decide what to eat. You do all that for them, but they have the ability to decide those things. They're just never given the option. So imagine if someone came to you every morning and told you to do those things. So in that is letting your kid actually have a say and then, I f- and then and helping them figure out where their emotion is coming from. So like when they're having a meltdown... Let them go through it. You can't pull them out of it. They just have to go through it. And that's okay. Just be there to support them for it. But then talking to them about what they need. Okay. So we just had a meltdown. Are you okay? Yes. Like, let's hug it out. Are you tired? Yes. Okay. Let's go have a nap. And then that mm-hmm. will be solved. Are you hungry? Whatever it is, right? She, If my two-year-old 
physically reacts to my four-month-old. She's not angry at my four-month-old. She's not trying to be abusive to my four-month-old. She's feeling an emotion, doesn't know how to let go. And that emotion is probably that she needs some attention. I don't know what to define that as an emotion that she needs love, let's say. She's lacking it because she feels like he's getting more. And she doesn't know how to tell me that. She doesn't know how else to do it. So she wants him out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So yes, we teach her not to push her brother. Like, no, that's not okay. But do you need some love right now? Is that what you're looking for? Yes. Okay. Let's, mm-hmm. I will leave Rory here and let's go play or let's sit yeah. here and hug or whatever. You know what I mean? Like their reaction, they're not actually being vindictive. They're not having a tantrum just to make you angry. No. There's something going on and let them go through it. Let them work through it. Teach them what's appropriate and then f- figure out what's happening. You need love. You need food. You need a nap. You need a cuddle. You need some downtime. You need your dog. What are you, what do you need? What is important for you? What do you need? And like, I think as adults, we see kids who like, I just need my doll. And you're like, it's just a doll. But like, it is so important to them. It is their, their whole world is their toys. That is important to them. They don't understand the outside of things. So like, it's important to honor that desire. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Hold space for them to develop. Yeah. They are growing beings. They are taking on so much internally and externally. And as they develop, being in a really supportive, empathetic environment is going to help them thrive. Totally. For sure. Especially because we really think about it. Here's me at 31 years old. I'm still trying to figure out my emotions. Right? These poor (laughs) two-year-olds. We get mad at our two-year-old for having a bad day, yet we all have bad days all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, the amount of times I've, like, gone to show up for something and I'm so miserable and I'm trying to pull myself out of this, like, grumpiness. And you're expecting your two-year-old to not have those days? Yeah. And you have the knowledge to understand the strategies as to how to start changing or shifting your mindset or your mood. Yeah. They don't. They have no idea. No, they need the guidance. Yeah. And the love, like you said, definitely they need the love in that. Yeah. I think it's so much the love. And when you read about like how like, you know, I don't remember what it was. There's something about like love. Whatever you do to your kids is what they represent as love because they are taught that their parents love them more than anything. So if you are abusive, whatever that is, that is love to them. So they will most likely end up in an abusive relationship and assume that's love and I you see that so much like even if I have a bad day and I you know am maybe sh- more short patience than I normally am with them she still loves me so much obviously oh, I still yeah. love her but um if I was like that all the time that would be her definition of love when it's a one-off it's just a bad day just like she has them you know but so if that's uh, it's just like realizing how much of an impact what you're doing actually teaches them. Your actions and your words. Yeah. it's oh, yeah. And the things that she picks up, like she talks more than she should. Like I have like doctors and nurses being like, she talks a lot. And I'm like, yes, she does. But she, like uh, you can tell her to say any word and she will say it. Like uh-huh. it's crazy. But she picks up on me and AJ so much. Like if we bump into each other in the kitchen and we say sorry. Now she does that. We yeah. never taught her to do that. But she'll bump into you and go, oh, sorry. Little sponges. Yeah, it's crazy. I love this conversation, by the way. This is so wonderful, considering we just winged it. Right. We're nailing it. (laughs) Okay, well, just looking for time and honoring the fact that your lovely dad is watching your babies so that you can be with me. I have two more questions for you. Okay. Okay. What are you most proud of? Wait, don't even think about this. Um... I know. I, I know. I always tell people, I'm like, I'm going to give you two questions. The rest I come up with on the spot, but I'm going to give you these two to think about. Two most proud of. It's hard. Um... Obviously, as a mom, you're proud of your kids, but mm-hmm. um, let's just, we'll just count that as an obvious. Um, I think I'm really proud of my relationship with AJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and my ability 
I don't know, our ability, not just mine, mine and his to actually decide what we want and make a plan to go for it instead of just, here's a dream. Like you're actively taking steps towards yeah. your goals. And I hear so often with people like, oh, that's the dream. And they're just coffee shop philosophers and they never actually go for it. And it breaks my heart because anything is actually possible. And I, you just have to figure out how to get there. I don't know. I don't know if there's something to be proud of, but that's all that comes to mind. Other what than was my your, kids, what was your coffee shop term there? Coffee shop philosophers. I, I totally dig that. I read it somewhere. It's not mine. I okay. got it from somewhere. You didn't coin that. And I did not. I no. really dig it though. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I, I really admire that too. The effort that you've put into your relationship has clearly created such a foundation for you to grow your family. Yeah, I think so. I think it taught us. I don't th- I think if we hadn't gone through our two struggles, we neither one of us would have actually figured out how to communicate our own re- emotions. And not even just our emotions, our um, things that we like and dislike. Mm-hmm. It was less about emotions, but how the things we like and dislike made us feel and communicating them to each other. Mm-hmm. We never would have done that. And if we never had done that, I don't think we would have the ability to teach that to our kids right well you're also so. discussing goals and ambition and mm-hmm. values yeah 100 percent. these are gigantic values are huge Oof. okay next one here we go what do you want to be known for sam l jackson um what do you want to be known for i think i don't this is gonna sound super cheesy but just like just striving to constantly empower other people Hmm. whether that is like i i want people to always leave me people i know people i don't know feeling better about themselves like on my way here just being super open and vulnerable i need i was low on gas i was never going to make it home and i knew that i would be kind of rushing to get gas on the way home so i stopped to get on the way here and I went to pump and it didn't work and I got frustrated and I kind of went inside and she's like, oh, you have to pay before you pump. And I was like, it doesn't say that on the pump. And I paid and then I went out and then I was trying to fill up my windshield washer fluid because it's it needed it and it was bad out there. And I knew that I was whatever. And she and I was like kind of getting frustrated with the hood. And this guy goes, would you like a hand? And I think the guy heard me kind of get irritated when I was pumping gas. And he goes, have a good day. And I was like, Sammy, that's who you're supposed to be. Like, what did you like? You're having a moment. Calm down. So like filled up the winter wash food, pulled the pump out of the gas thing and went back into the t- store. And I was like, I'm very sorry. I was not angry with you. I was not snapping. I'm just in a rush. I apologize. Like, I hope you have an awesome day. The fact that and you did that <laughs> is gigantic. You know how many people would treat someone even more poorly than that and just not I, acknowledge it? I do. I do. And I don't mean that as like, I'm so great. I just mean like, that's how, that, that's what I mean by yeah. just empowering people. It's not that I'm like by being with me you're gonna achieve all your goals but like just feeling better about yourself after an interaction is like my goal for everything you leave and people so feeling better that's the goal i, I don't love say that. that it always works <laughs> but just like recognizing in the moment like okay i i had an emotion i reacted i it wasn't rude to the lady but i certainly wasn't friendly and just like okay that's 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 a maybe it's not a big marker on her day but it's a bit of a marker on her mm-hmm. day so like just go add a plus to take away the minus, you know, and that's, I love it. (laughs) I really, really think that's great. That's a great answer. Thanks. Okay. So another one, I guess I say, I usually say two. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) Go daddy. He said he was putting them down. So he'll he'll be okay. (laughs) Thanks dad. Okay. So I've got one more then. Okay. If you were to leave a message with anybody, if you had the world and could tell them one message, anything from the heart, what would it be? Oh my goodness. That is a huge question. 
I could give them one message. Mm-hmm. You've got the world's attention. Oh man, you're. It doesn't even have to be one line. It can be. I a, know. I'm. You just can chat to think that one out. I think I got like two. It's loaded. Like one is like. I think everybody has this idea that settling down, that's what I said earlier about define, redefining the term settle down. Everybody has this idea that settling down when it comes to like k- having kids and getting married and stuff is like your life is over. You're in one spot, settle down. And I just feel like it doesn't, settling down to me should mean that you figured out your goals and you're, you're working towards achieving them. Like prior to that, you're kind of trying things and trying to sort stuff out and figuring out what path is right and what you really want. But when settling down isn't that you've stopped, it's that you've actually picked the path that's going to make them happen. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's like, I think, my thing. And Mm -hmm. then also just like, you're loved. And I don't care. This makes me so emotional. You're allowed to get emotional. Um, You're going to make me get emotional. I'm like super non-emotional person, but I just wish everybody knew that they were loved. Even Mm -hmm. if, like, it doesn't mean it's your parents. Maybe it's not your parents. Maybe it's not your siblings. But somebody loves you and can and will love you unconditionally if you, and you deserve it, whoever you Mm -hmm. are. I, I just... I think, like I said before, I don't think people have enough examples of that in their life. And um, everybody should feel loved and be able to feel unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, I had something that I was going to say to that, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, it's just like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, there was totally something that was at the beginning of that that I went around and I don't remember what it was now. But I think even yeah. just the message, you are loved holds so oh, much <gasps> okay it go was, get it girl i saw this quote one time and like uh-huh. whenever you're like you you know you see like you're you're like in a crowd of people like so let's just say you're at a concert and mm-hmm. like the person on stage is like i love you so much and you're like of course you do i pay for your cds and i paid for my ticket to get here but like take the concept out of that pretend you hadn't paid to be there and they're like i love you so much you're like you don't even know me and i saw this quote and it was like if we can hate people for no reason why can't i love you for no reason and i was like that is so tr- that is exactly how i feel like people you know people hate whatever for whatever reason you know maybe it's a race maybe it's a hair color maybe it's a food type because of one experience or whatever or something you heard so if people can do that why can't it be the opposite why can't you love everybody because you believed everybody needs to be loved instead of the other way around i think that's what so that quote is like how i feel about people everybody's loved and i love you no matter who you are even if i get frustrated with you i still love you i still love you maybe i don't like you but I still love you. You still deserve love no matter what. That's yeah. a wonderful message. Oh, <laughs> thank you. No problem. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you. I'm so glad you came out here. Yes. Oh, guys, I've got cool friends. <laughs> <laughs> to my listeners, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. I appreciate it so much. Please make sure that you subscribe rate and review these messages comment as you follow along and a super effective way to support this podcast is simply screenshotting if you're listening to it on a device that you can share it with other people whether it's a text message on instagram on facebook i don't know if people tweet or twitter but do that and if in fact you would like to support this podcast in more ways than just listening if you go to the safe haven podcast podbean.com and you look at the top right there's a green button there that says become a patron and this is where you can donate as little or as much as you like there is absolutely no obligation to do this it's just another way that gives you an option to support the podcast to allow it to continue while I chase these incredible stories and lure people into my hotel rooms (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher, and probably anywhere else that you can download a podcast. Thank you so much again for listening, and I will talk to you next week.